Welcome to episode 36 of the 20 Digit Scene Review Podcast. I have myself, co-host David, and always with me for these cool evenings, Alex. How are you doing this evening, Alex? I'm well. Hello, everybody. Today's episode, we will be reviewing a scene from the 1992 film Scent of a Woman, starring... Al Pacino as Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, Chris O'Donnell as Charlie, and directed by Martin Brest. One of the key things that we will explore in today's podcast episode is how important it is to develop and uphold a personal value system that ultimately defines who you are as a person. We're going to be looking at Charlie and how the events of this particular scene exemplifies his character, how he doesn't compromise on his character whatsoever or his values whatsoever, uh, despite the pressures of the things that are happening to him. So a little synopsis of the film, firstly. Charlie is a high school prep student, scholarship student, And unfortunately, he bears witness of a prank on the headmaster done by other students. Now, the headmaster learns, obviously, of the prank, but more importantly, learns that there are witnesses and learns that Charlie is one of them. And in an effort to learn the truth, pressures him, bribes him even, and then eventually threatens him, uh, threatens him for expulsion. To reveal the names of the people that did the prank, uh, but unfortunately, Charlie doesn't want to do that. Um, it is at this point in the film, there is a break, uh, there's a Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, Charlie is trying to make some money to get an airplane, uh, make some money to buy an airplane ticket back home to Oregon for Christmas. So he takes a temporary job to accompany an older gentleman, a uh, war veteran, Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade, uh, who is super grumpy, very cranky, and uh, is also blind, uh, some of, uh, blind from the war, in fact. And so this movie is about their relationship, their journey, and how the events of their past is coming to the fore and how they deal with it together. Now, the scene that I have picked for this episode, there's a spoiler alert, happens near the end of the film. It's not the climactic point, but certainly is one of the most important events of the film. And while they are uh, at a hotel, uh, Lieutenant Frank Slade has asked Charlie to go uh, to get some cigars. And Charlie does so, but shortly after realizes there's just something wrong, and he hurries back to the hotel room only to realize that his instincts were definitely right on. He realizes that uh, Frank is dressing up in uniform, which is obviously very strange. Uh, But more importantly, he has a gun he's preparing on the nightdresser table. And so this scene ensues where 
Charlie is trying to de-escalate and talk down uh, Frank from what appears to be a suicide uh, attempt on his own life. I picked this scene for several reasons, many, many different reasons. I'll start with the acting. It is absolutely sublime. Like if you want authenticity, this would probably be up there for me in top 10. From both uh, Al Pacino and Chris O'Donnell, just incredible uh, play of words, uh, a scene that where they play off each other. Um, it's just incredible. The script is beyond this world also. Like in this scene, it's just incredible. Um, and then thirdly, I think the reason I picked this scene was the, the, the soundtrack uh, it kind of the event itself kind of kind of happens out. Of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but you don't really expect it. And then the serious tone that takes place with the music is one for the books for sure. Um, so so many things going on here uh, that are just so good. Um, and I, I, I think the, the thing for me, what I realized later, and this is my last point before I'll have Alex ha have at it for his comments, is that it was a de-escalation of things. But I feel that Frank, at this point in his character, at this point in his life, he had given up on humanity and, and, and integrity, people with integrity. He... Uh, Again, spoiler here, but he lost his his eyesight because he was playing around with a grenade. So it wasn't even an actual action, you know, it wasn't a courageous moment or a heroic moment where he lost his eyesight and then, you know, his life changed forever. But he, at this point of his life, he he was giving up on humanity itself because there wasn't anybody he felt, and, and you know, family included, and this was uh, evident in earlier scenes, where he just felt they were despicable. Like people were just despicable. There wasn't any real courageous people in this world anymore. And here comes Charlie, uh, full of integrity. He will just not, as I explained earlier, he would just not give up the names of the people that were played that prank on the headmaster. And the headmaster had gone, gone, on, gone so far as say, you will be expelled or you'll be punished if you do not tell me. And so that level of integrity is something that I think needs to be taken away from this movie as a message. I, in fact, want my, my daughter to, to watch this movie because of it. And it's because of that integrity and that courage I think Frank saw in Charlie that he decided, you know what, this, th it was almost like a test. And in, in, in some ways he realized, you know, Charlie's the real deal. And that was just a beautiful moment for many, many different reasons. And, and which mm -hmm. allowed the conclusion of the film, that, which I will not talk about here to take place, but I will stop there. Cause I've <laughs> monopolized <laughs> yeah. this acquaintance. No, definitely. Uh, interesting. It's, it's just to keep listening. Uh, listening to you to describe it so i haven't seen the film so it but so that just speaks to the fact that one thing i notice here is this is the uh the pairing here or the contrast oh, the yin yang yeah. of the oh, optimism yeah. of youth the uh, the mm -hmm. positivity 
and versus the cynicism and the jaded uh, character of 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 age. I, mean, I think <laughs> my age, I'm feeling. Oh, age and experience, being a war vet and everything yeah, else. Yeah, so. that too, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, everything that that you've been through. So, so there was that, and all throughout from from beginning to end. How and yet, I guess it was the yang that one <laughs> out of the yin yang um something cool i, I noticed as i was watching uh the, the first half there is it looked like a deliberate um action and or a choice on the part of the cinematography to have um the colonel's character in the right of the frame as opposed to centered um and also his mirror image also there on the left of the frame uh, to capture uh, for for actually, I'm not quite sure what reason, but it was interesting to to watch as if uh, multiple sides of a person, we might say, right there. Um, also, uh, the film scoring or the soundtrack, as you say, the it was subtle uh, through through most of it, but it was palpable and it was effective mm. in there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nothing really like a major melody to catch your ear or something and take away from what's going on, but it was just there with the. Um, What's that word? The tremolo on the strings and stuff, and yeah. then uh, helping to escalate as as the as the scene escalated, and then finally when it gets to the climax of uh, of the colonel's yelling at him and, the, and at gunpoint and everything, he's got him uh, arm barred and uh, leaning back. Um, music cuts out at this point. There's mm -hmm. no music at this mm -hmm. time. It's just at the right time, and Perfect. then you can hear in in the audio engineering that there's there's the extreme between the silence and the rage. Hundred percent. You know? 100%. Life and then silence. Nailed what it. life? Silence. Nailed know? it. I got no life, and it, it's just the way you know the the sforzando fortissimo, and then the the, yes. the pianissimo. It's like boom, 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 boom. And that and that line really it was well like, the, like I love yeah. that line. You know, get on with your life. <laughs> life. What life? I got no life. I'm in the dark here. Like yeah. that. Oh my god! Like. I could watch the scene over and over again. And it makes me want to watch this film again. Uh, and I, I highly recommend this if you have not seen this, Alex. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. There's a payoff. There is a heck of a payoff at the end. I mean, okay. it is kind of a Hollywood ending, but it's nothing that you are able to see here. So it's important, I think, okay. for, you, for yeah. if you like this scene, then definitely watch it, this film. Yeah, and on the point of the blindness, it's just coming to my mind that, I mean, obviously neither of us are, but we can only imagine that it's different for someone who's who gets is blind earlier in life or even from birth, versus right. someone who, who who in at you know who knows it was his twenties or whatnot that he had a loss of sight. Because then, what my, my point is, you wouldn't have had the the life experience to just get used to it and and get used to having a cane, get used to knowing how to cross the street or whatever and all those things so it must have been that much harder to to be blind but not without 100 uh, percent. Yeah. yeah with the uh the quote-unquote life training i guess of of how to how to navigate life uh, being blind so that must have uh, pushed the character uh, even further to this kind of uh, uh you know what life yeah so this uh the only experience i have of course is uh the closest i have in terms of blindness is uh my father-in-law, right? So my father-in-law was uh, was mm. blind later in life due to cancer, and uh, so in some ways I can relate. Not not sorry, mm. not relate, but I can. That's the you know I can sort of see it 
Mm-hmm. Interesting choice of words there, but uh, <laughs> and I recall him telling me at the time uh, he could not see anything, but he could he could notice a bright light. That's it. Like he would know if a light was on. That was it. Mm. Like so. Uh, but in terms of, um, I'd have to watch it again in terms of how well his acting was, and I, I don't know what the. What other blind folks have, have seen, probably there's inconsistencies. But what I can tell you is that Al Pacino, in between takes, would prac- like would pre- would pretend being blind still at that mm-hmm. point. So he he took his role seriously. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you can always you know hats off to anyone that 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 takes it to the nth degree. Uh, the, the other line that I loved so much was. Um, is when and Chris O'Donnell and Charlie says, "You're not, you're not bad. You're just in pain." And then there's just this contrast again that just ensues with Frank. It says, "What do you know about pain?" Like it was just so powerful when he says that. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's that yin and yang of youth and experience. Everything that you mentioned before, uh, it, it just played so well together that way. Uh, but you know, we talk a lot about Al Pacino, but wow, like Chris O'Donnell, my goodness, he nailed this. He absolutely nailed that. That that young, uh, young kid that doesn't know too much, but knows his values, right? The value system that I think as humans we we strive to uphold. So it's hard, you know, to to uphold them. And here is that character, that character that you can look as a role model to some degree, like who would give up their prestigious anything uh, just to uphold, you know, their values. Yeah, yeah. Just, just give it up. It was, you know, Mark, it was those three guys. That was it done. Right. Uh, and I think he was be actually even being bribed by the headmaster to give up the names, whatever the, the reason. I mean that to uphold for your values to be that, important to you no matter how whether it's money or set for life you would give that all up because that's not you that's that's crazy crazy yeah it deserves to be applauded yeah and i think something else that's that's coming out in the scene that i think the uh the filmmakers wanted to uh to put in front of uh, of the audiences is that uh, and I can I can probably relate to this now at my age, where as you get more older and more experienced, you get a little increasingly more, I guess, <laughs> confident or borderline arrogant that, yeah, I've, I've got decades on you, kid, so <laughs> I know better. But at the same time now, it, it, that can't, you know, I feel like we can rely in, in our age, we can rely on that most of the time, but not all of the time. And I think that's right. what this film is pointing out that, yeah, okay, you may be older, you may be experienced, but... At the same time, being being older and experienced, that can actually you can begin losing something that's mm-hmm. that's uh, important, or 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 turning away from, or being less sensitive to what you should still be sensitive to. Uh, you know, th- like you say, the values of life, uh, ethics, morals, uh, even just will to live, or what what uh, things that are important, or or worth hanging on to, or not giving up, and that kind of thing. No, I think that so, uh... yeah. Yeah, it's um, hundred uh, percent. I believe I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. And I love these films too. You know that 
kind of gravitate towards them, you, whether it's the you know karate kid, you know the mentor and the student. And in the karate kid, you had student learning from master, but master also learning something from the student, right? And those are the best relationships where yeah. you can learn something from each other, right? And this absolutely is about that. Uh, if you watch the film in its entirety, uh, it's incredible that way. There's um, a few other notes about the movie um, that was, or some factoids, I should say. I know this is the scene review and not a movie review, but I thought it was interesting is that uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Brendan Fraser, even Chris Rock auditioned for the role of Charlie. Um, and apparently, you know, this was directed by Martin Brest, and it's actually a remake of a 1974 film that uh, was Profumo di Dona, a foreign language film that one was nominated for an Academy Award at the time for Best Foreign Film. I did not know this until I did this research. Hmm. So interesting that it was more or less this, you know, this idea of a war vet and a kid, like that whole concept, uh, cranky youth, yin-yang, uh, not new, uh, but these these folks put this movie together and it was uh, amazing. Now, the, the total runtime of the movie is long and that's the only complaint of some people, but it's I think I'll give that a good look once I uh, watch it again. So, I, yeah, Alex, I, you should watch it with your family. Mm. I mean, it has some mm. swear words and stuff, so it's not yeah. may, may not be appropriate for the young, young ones, but... Yeah. It's a great, great film. Yeah, yeah great pick. Fantastic. Yeah. So I guess that wraps up episode 36. Thanks, mm -hmm. everyone, for joining. Uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, little tidbit, this little scene. As always, if you have suggestions, any comments or remarks, please don't hesitate to contact us. And hopefully we have a cool one for next week or the two weeks from Alex. What do you, you have something planned for the next one? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but let's not spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for Stay episode tuned. 37, folks. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good day, morning, evening. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can email us at scenereview at 20digit.com and find us on YouTube by searching for 20digit productions. And we're 20digit on Twitter and Instagram. Note that our website and all our online IDs are spelled with numbers, 20digit. Thanks for listening to the 20digit Scene Review Podcast. Thank you.